Hello, this is Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind with me, psychologist Professor Richard Wiseman. And me, science journalist Marnie Chesterton. This is the podcast where we delve into the psychology of everyday life and answer your questions about human behaviour. You should expect fascinating facts, scintillating science, and this might even improve your life. In this episode, we're talking about dream control. Can you make yourself lucid dream, and if so, how? How can you control your dreams? And can you banish nightmares? Do you even still have nightmares? I do. Do you? You've got my share. I had one last night. Oh, was it about coming here and doing this podcast with me? Bloody nightmare. (laughs) Let's get on with the show. We've already done an episode about dreaming, but we felt that lucid dreaming and dream control deserved a whole episode, mainly because people kept emailing us and sort of yes. asking questions about it. Well, that's, that's right. And so in the other episode, we spoke about the use of dreams, how they're allowing you to work through your worries and concerns. They're not knocking some of the emotional edges off those, providing solutions, unusual solutions, as it's associated with creativity and so on. And we touched a little bit on lucid dreaming, but not very much. And now we're going to talk about dream control, which is one of my favourite topics. Have you ever tried Dream control. Uh, yes, I have. Ooh. At a sleep lab in Swansea. Right. And uh. so they said, look, we do this thing with our students where we, we get them in the morning when they're quite sleepy anyway. We tell them not to drink any sort of stimulating tea or coffee. And then they just almost go to sleep. And when we can tell, we put a cap on them, we can tell when they're almost asleep, we ask them to try and control, Hmm. move their eyes left and right. And so I had to sit there with my producer, the other side of a very thin wall Mm -hmm. and, and a couple of scientists waiting for me to almost fall asleep and the pressure. Yes. And so this was throughout the night. No, this was, this was, I think this was like late morning. Oh, you've got to fall asleep. In the morning? Yeah, or apparently, and this made me feel even worse, none of their students had any problem at nine o'clock in the morning falling really? asleep. I had terrible trouble. What happened? I just lay there for 40 minutes, increasingly feeling like I was wasting everyone's time. Yes. And then they just ran out of patience and said, oh, well, not everyone can do it. That so. seems to have gone quite well then. <laughs> I mean, it was a remarkable experience. Have you you done this? Have you tried? Uh, Yes, I have, but not with lucid dreaming. I've never, I only had one lucid dream. I did did talk about the other episode. That's the one where I was in the shopping mall and I ended up buying a pair of trousers, which I've done many times in my life. So, So why my brain told me that was an interesting thing to do in dream world is not entirely obvious. But I have done what we'll be talking about, which is other ways of controlling your dreams, playing in sounds and all this sort of thing. I've done quite a lot of that. Should we clarify what is a lucid dream? What is dream control? Yes, the two very different things. So lucid dream is a dream and during the dream you realise you're dreaming. Therefore, some people can take control of that and fly or... Buy have, trousers in a shopping trousers. mall. <laughs> they weren't even very nice trousers. <laughs> I wouldn't even wear those trousers oh, normally. Oh, no. And I, I, Maybe is, this is your subconscious telling you that fashion-wise you should branch out and I, this is what <laughs> this is what your unconscious wants. I think so. Uh, thank goodness I'm keeping a, a lid on that. Um, have you had the phenomenon of being in real life and thinking it might be a dream? I've had it once. I thought, oh, I'm dreaming this. And then it turned out I wasn't. <laughs> It was actually real life. I was giving a talk. I'd given the talk so many times. I was miles away. And I somehow convinced myself this was a dream. And I thought, oh, this is amazing. I could fly out over the audience. Oh, thank God you didn't. Well, yeah. And I thought, 
oh, this isn't a dream. I'm, this is <laughs> this is actually happening. I am actually giving this talk. It was like a dissociative thing. I mean, no, I've had the other way around where it's just an extra level of realistic, and it's usually. Well, the, the reality is an extra level. So of it's the dream, but I don't know. There's normally a texture to to my dreams that suggests that they're not realistic, okay. and that this one had this kind of sort of hyper real quality to it. Right, I mean, just, you might have been on your way to a lucid dream there. Oh, but you well, haven't. You haven't done what I do. I was I, actually on my way to the bathroom, right. and it was one of those ones. It's happened several times, and luckily, I've always managed to stop just at the point before I essentially pee myself. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I, I see what you're getting at now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One day, it's not going to work out for you, oh, is it? Oh, no. No. Uh, anyway, so we That's talk- why I barely dream now, so that's... Right, <laughs> yeah. just through, through fear. Sheer fear, yeah. Uh, so, yes, we're going to be talking about different ways of uh, lucid dreaming, different ways of dream control, and, uh, and so on. And... Should we start with dream control or okay. one one little bit of dream control, which is cheese? Oh yeah, big thing, isn't there about it? The famous, che- famous, yeah. yes. And and two thousand and five, the British Cheese Board finally somebody did some research yeah. into this. Two hundred volunteers given different types of cheese and then asked to report their dreams uh, in the morning. So at night, asked to nibble on some cheese. Uh, morning, report your your dreams. They discovered Stilton causes bizarre dreams. Cheddar, you dream about celebrities. And Red Leicester causes people to dream about their past. And one Brie eater, close to my heart, had a drunken conversation with his dog. That was the results of In a the... dream, just checking. He didn't just, you know... I'm assuming that was the case. Okay, scoffer. Yeah. This guy just didn't, didn't fall asleep Absolutely at all. Absolutely out of <laughs> <He> just... skull. <laughs> um, so that, that was researched there by the British Cheese Board, mm-hmm. and thank goodness they've done it because otherwise we wouldn't know. Did you feel the urge to check that research by um, the replication crisis? Well, <laughs> we could actually. Uh, I, I haven't checked it. What, what we do know is that what you do before you go to bed does influence your dreams. It, like, like what? Well, I don't want cheese, but if, if you watch uh, the films you watch or the books you read or whatever, that content does kind of bleed through into the dreams. So if you're playing a, a video game where you're killing zombies, for example, then you're likely to have a dream or more likely to have a dream about something like that. So you should be a bit careful about what you're feeding your brain uh, before you, you go to bed. So my flatmate falls asleep to football podcasts. Right. Because they have a similar effect on me, actually. Because, well, it, exactly. So he, he doesn't care about them at all. Right. He says he specifically searches them out because he finds them so boring oh, that I they see. send him to sleep. He doesn't doesn't understand or care about anything. But might that mean that he has a lot of dreams about playing football? I would have thought so. Yes. Has he ever reported any of those dreams? No, but that probably just because he's needlessly secretive. Right, okay. There's also a podcast where it just, it's all meaningless, isn't it? It's just like speech, but it has no meaning, and that makes people fall asleep as well as their brain tries to find some meaning in this. People use this podcast in the same way. Uh, and... I've been using James Joyce. Oh, uh, does he know? There's, uh, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. There's something, there's the portrait of an artist as a young man, and there's something about the way that he writes that's, it doesn't follow a normal structure okay. and so it's quite dreamy already and your brain can either do the hard work of making sense of it or just let it wash over you and fall asleep. Interesting. And has that affected your dreams in any way at all? Um, yes, I probably have been dreaming about a cow 
because there's a cow in it right okay. at the beginning and I fall asleep quite quickly after that. So there's all of that. There's the, the cheese and yeah. there's the, the films and the books and the video games and so on. There's also a lovely technique which is to do with rebound. And we, we've spoken about this a lot in different episodes, this notion of the white bear experiment, very famous experiment. So all of the white bear stuff is that you say to people, Whatever you do for the next 30 seconds, don't think about a white bear. That's it. Okay. Now, in doing so, the only way of finding out whether you're thinking about a white bear is to check your thoughts, which, yep. of course, puts a white bear into your thoughts. Yep. And this is the rebound effect. Okay. And you get it in many, many different uh, things. You ask people not to think about what makes them anxious and worried in life, and they end up thinking far more about what makes them anxious and worried in life than people who haven't been given that instruction. Makes sense. The same is true of dreams. So if you say to people before they go to sleep, whatever you do, don't think about the things that make you very anxious about the world. They try to suppress those thoughts, the things that make you worried in your life. They try to suppress them. Of course, what they're doing is then checking whether or not they're suppressing them. Yeah. That means they're thinking more about them. And the bizarre thing is those topics are more likely to come up in their dreams than another group that are told, just let those topics float through your head like clouds across a blue sky. And then those people have more positive dreams. So it's a very simple idea. And then again, it's one of these things, the myth of psychology. We don't understand how our, our minds work. We're not born with a manual. And so you might think, what I should do is just push these kind of concerns and worries I've got you know, away. In doing so, you're increasing the chances of those popping up in your dreams and you're having a more negative dream. Okay. Another example of dream control. Okay, so dream control is the different things that can influence what you dream about. Yes. Whereas lucid dreaming is being in the dream. Yeah, you taking and control of that. To control and, it. And, I mean, not always. With lucid dreaming, is that you know that you're dreaming, and then the next stage is to take control of it. Allegedly, I'm not a lucid dreamer. I never. Well, I had the one um, in my life, and it was a disaster. But the dream control stuff is different. So we've got cheese. We've got books and games and, uh, and films. We've got the idea of rebound. But then you have this lovely thing about the, the environment you're in. So some great work, uh, 19th century, very early psychology work, where you have a French academic and he goes out and says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go for a walk in the mountains. And whenever I see an amazing mountain range, I say, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. I'm going to take uh, the little top of this little perfume bottle and I'm going to smell the perfume. So he goes on this two-week holiday and looks at all these amazing mountains and each time smells the perfume. Then he comes back and at randomly determined times, his servants, quite well off, servants come in and they open, he's asleep, and they open the perfume bottle. They put it under his nose and close it back up again. And then in the morning he reports his dreams. Did Turns he? out... Did he? Yes. Oh! So, so he has more positive dreams about amazing mountain ranges when he's smelling that perfume. And there's another version of it where whenever he dances with an attractive woman at a ball, he plays in a certain song. And then when they play that song in a music box at night, he has these wonderful dreams again. So this is this thought that when you are dreaming, uh, you are paralyzed, so you don't act out your dreams. Uh, you're also effectively blind, but you can hear and you can smell. And when you put things into people's rooms that have got associations, then they start to really change their dreams, start to mould their dreams. And this goes back a long way in experimental psychology. You're 
You're listening to Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind. And this episode, we're talking about dream control. We've had a question from Dan Delore. Hi, Richard. My question is, are there safe and recognised methodologies for controlling your dreams? Safe. Safe, yeah. I think everything we're doing here is pretty safe. So we have uh, the rebound effect. We've got eating cheese. I've got things you play. Uh, We've got this idea that I'm particularly interested in, which is what happens in your environment. And so uh, sometimes it's reliving memories. Sometimes it's what you associate with certain smells, for example. So you put lovely smells of flowers in uh, someone's room versus rotten eggs. And they're not aware of it, but they have much nicer dreams when it smells rather nice. Uh, I did a thing called Dream On, which was an app we did for smartphones where the idea was that before you go to bed, you'd say what time you wake up and what sort of dream you would like. And then about an hour before you wake up, the smartphone is on, you leave the smartphone on the bed. It can tell from movement whether you're in dream state or not because you're paralysed when you are. And in the hour before you wake up, when it thinks you're in dream state, it plays in a soundtrack, which allegedly influences your dreams. That was our idea. And then if you start to move around, it lowers the volume. Otherwise, it takes the volume up because it suggests you're in slightly deeper sleep. So we originally had the, a nature soundtrack mm-hmm. and a cityscape. And then when people woke up, we asked them to send in their dreams. We collected about half a million dreams. Huge wow, database. that's enormous. Um, and we found out, first of all, that uh, people couldn't spell first thing <laughs> in the uh, morning. We also found out, I hadn't realised this, is that some people's dreams, like a soap opera, they kind of carry on over several nights. Oh, really? So you have Last dreams. night on yes. Marnie's Dream. Well, we had one woman who started to have an affair uh, with Brad Pitt. Amazing. Yeah, in, in her dreams. Yeah. And what was nice was that she met him in Boots. Oh, did she say what he was doing in Boots? Yeah, he was behind the counter. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I think yeah. she went in for some painkillers or okay. something. Yeah. And so they started to, to date. And I don't think it worked out quite as well as she was hoping. And we're talking across five or six nights here. So each time we'd look at the the database to see what was happening in her her dream. So she started to have an affair, secret affair on Brad um, with a giraffe, (laughs) which it's not the obvious choice. Oh, I really, I'd love it if we had the budget to actually turn people's dreams into reality. Ones like that. With the help of a zoo. With the help of a zoo. Um, so, so PG yeah. only, obviously. Obviously, it's like yeah, I'm sure there's a market for that. Uh, but then her dreams just sort of faded out, and she started another story. So, so it wasn't really long running. It wasn't like the East Enders of, of dreams. It right. only went on for like three or four nights, um, and she started dating the the giraffe. Oh, so you don't get to know whether it worked out long term because no, she just no idea. Absolutely oh. no. I hope it did. Um, so was that. <laughs> You I just think had, you distracted had a, us now, haven't I? I mean, you were just you were talking about that massive database, and then some of the more interesting responses yes. that you got. Did that correspond in any way to the soundscapes that you were playing? Them? It did. Like, um, did giraffe woman have a nature soundscape? Because that's a connection. I can't talk about individual cases. Okay, fine. Uh, and and also I can't remember. But <laughs> um, so what we found overall was that yes, indeed, the uh, soundscape you'd chosen did impact on your dream. And nature in particular was very good at giving people calming dreams so the sounds of birds cheeping and so on so that worked but we couldn't tell is really what was going on because of course they'd chosen the soundscape so you've got a suggestion okay, in their yeah. in their heads uh, so it could have been that it could have been the soundscape we don't know it was very very popular we do know that and then we said to people well hold on a second we can create any soundscape at all what would you like 
So we found out that uh, we'd separated by men and women, and men wanted uh, a zombie attack. That was quite a soundscape of a zombie attack. A zombie attack, attack they, for some reason, and anything to do with sex. Yes. Those, those were the two main drivers on that front. And women uh, were interested in flying and any dream involving a family member, Aww. which is nice. No mention of giraffes, <laughs> which I was gutted about. So that that's kind of where we left our huge experiment was that lots of people downloaded the app. Lots of people loved it. We seem to find some kind of effect there. And what we're looking at is to see whether we could sort of roll out this, this dream control idea at scale. And I think there's potential for it. That's what we showed. Okay. I could imagine a world where everyone's doing that every single night. I'm just slightly distracted by the idea of men wanting soundscapes that are just... I mean, I know in psychology you use the term arousing to mean sort of heightened emotions. Yes. But in both of those scenarios, that's kind of zombie attack or sex. How, how, How does that not just at least wake you up? That's why I didn't understand. I would have thought they wanted something a bit more calming. Who sleeps to a zombie attack? What would be, what would be your ideal dream? It could be any soundscape at all. Soundscape. I mean, rain. Yeah, well, rain's <laughs> yeah, not bad. It's just, that's nice. It's yes. calming. Uh, so that's what we, we found there. And it supports this other work where, I mean, particularly if you use people's names, for example, then, then that gets their attention in the dream world. And that's when you can start to put in, I think, but it opens up this whole world of... of affecting people's dreams that opens up a whole ethical issue as well and you know could you get people to you know be working harder for exams by giving them sorts of suggestion at night and should you be doing that well this is the thing we don't know so it's 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 a kind of interesting world you say you don't know because you can't find out it doesn't attract very much research because it's a tricky old thing to do yeah because you have to try and separate the suggestion from the actual dreamscape content. But if someone like Dan wants to do dream control on himself, yeah. then giving himself keywords is okay. Yeah, you can do what you want. I mean, the, the smell thing is, is easy uh, mm-hmm. in your room. The notion, I mean, you, your longest dream is the one before you wake up. It's about 45 minutes. So it's an easy one to hit. If you intend to wake up at 8am, you can be dreaming from about, safely, from about half seven. So that's the easiest dream. The mood you wake up from that is the dream that kind of sets you in terms of your mood for the day. So it's quite a good dream to hit with something positive. And all that's quite fun to do. Of course, if it disrupts your sleep, don't do it. We have been talking about dream control. We've got a couple of listener questions about lucid dreaming. So... George in the Czech Republic says, Hello, Richard and Marnie. I've been listening to your podcast since its start and I love every episode. Oh, Oh, that's very nice. My favourite episode is about dreaming and lucid dreaming. And that is my question today. Ever since I was eight, I'm 18 now, I've been having dreams where I could decide if I wanted to continue that story or not. For example, I woke up still in my dream and forgot that I had to go to school, but then realised I was in a dream and went back to sleep in my dream. Is that really lucid dreaming? Yeah, I think lucid dreaming counts as anything where you know you're dreaming and you then take control of that. So, yes, I think so. And, of course, for those of us who don't lucid dream, uh, we're rather envious of people who who do. We've got a question from Ellie. Hi, I have a question about dreaming lucidly. I am already prone to dreaming lucidly and had one last night, in fact, about a famous jeweller being impressed with jewellery I was wearing and that I had made. And I was just wondering if there was any way to encourage myself to dream lucidly, kind of spontaneously, rather than just waiting for them to happen. Thanks. 
I mean, it, it's something which is quite hard to teach people. There's a bit of tech that flashes lights in your eyes at a certain rate and so on that allegedly helps. There's a few psychology things you can do to try and increase the chances. So you can set an intention before you go to sleep. You tell yourself you're going to remember your dream and take part of it. Allegedly, that helps. There's also the idea of waking yourself up about an hour before you intended to wake up because you're then just hitting before that final dream kicks in. And during that time, you read a book or watch something or think about certain thoughts. And again, you set the intention to have a lucid dream. Okay. So you go back to sleep afterwards. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And, and so you're, you're doing, it's called sleep interruption, dream interruption. You're doing it just before that final dream of the night, which is the easiest one to hit. Allegedly, uh, that increases the chances of a, a lucid dream. Do we know how many people can do it? Twelve. Twelve people? That's right. Or twelve percent? Uh, or no, just you're twelve just, people. Just, okay. Yes, yeah. Do you count as one of those having had your one lucid dream no. where you bought trousers? No, no. Okay. The other twelve, they just laugh at me. Yeah. Yeah. I, you're the... Uh... It's the butt of their lucid jokes. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I don't know the percentage of people that uh, lucid dream, but... I'm very envious of yeah. them. It would be great. And because sometimes I've heard it's so great in their dream world, it's rather disappointing to come back to reality. I bet. Because if you're just in dreamland and you think, what should I do now? Mm, might fly. Yes. Might go and play pirates with this giraffe that's follow, following me around. Yes. I think he fancies me. And Lovely there's, eyes. And there's some, <laughs> uh, there, there's, uh, some evidence that if you practice physical skills like juggling or skateboarding, that carries over to the real world. So it's a very bizarre set of studies that the uh, physical skills in particular, you can rehearse in your lucid dream and that has an impact. I think we up. talked about this last time. You yeah. said you, if you do your homework in your dream... But, but certainly, exercise. If I exercise yes, in right. my dream... That will be more likely to make you exercise in, in real life. But, but any skill you're learning... Uh, there's been some research that you then, if you're doing a lucid dream, it impacts on the real world. And my final bit of idea about uh, dream control is about nightmares, particularly recurring nightmares. And and you've you've had these as well. I've had many, many. I, I, that's right. I had night terrors for many, many years. What are night terrors? How are they different to nightmares? So night terrors happen in deep sleep. And when you have one, you're in this weird state of consciousness where you're still in deep sleep, essentially, but somehow you're conscious and often you'll think there's some kind of demonic entity in the room and you scream and you wake people up around you and so on, but you're still in deep sleep. So you immediately go straight back into deep sleep. It's why it's kind of dangerous to wake people up from a night terror because they're in such a deep sleep, they become very disoriented and groggy and so on. A nightmare happens in dream state. So almost conscious, almost awake. It's just a bad dream. And so waking up from those can be upsetting, but it doesn't really disorient you because you're quite close to consciousness anyway. So they're two very different things. But a recurring nightmare is slightly different. It's happening in dream state, in REM state. And some lovely work by uh, Barry Krakow, a psychologist. And he came up with this idea, very, very simple, but very effective, is that when you're awake you revisit the nightmare. So you visualise the nightmare, but with a much more positive ending. And it's very good with children. So with children having the same nightmare again and again, it's called imagery rehearsal therapy. You would say to them, all right, maybe you're being chased by a dragon and you're very scared about that in your dreams. So in waking state, you imagine the dragon, but you imagine that it's a lonely dragon and he wants to be your friend. And so you imagine a very positive ending to that dream where you befriend the dragon, and that has a big impact on people's nightmares. 
So because they rehearse that two or three times a week, when the nightmare happens, it's now much more positive. That's lovely. So all these things, we think there's a disconnect between these few hours when we turn off and daytime. Actually, the whole thing is interconnected. But we still don't know really why we do dream. Well, we've this episode and some of the others, you know, we've spoken about it being good for you, looking at alternative possibilities. You've got this world where you can safely explore um, new ideas. And here we're seeing that what happens in the daytime, some of the things you can do, influences what happens at night and give you more sweet dreams. I like the idea that if you're dreaming about having an affair, cheating on Brad Pitt with a giraffe. Yes. That's that's kind of exploring for you the possibility that maybe you want to cheat on Brad Pitt with a giraffe. Yes, if you're literal. Yeah, if you're Freudian, then that's going to be about a year's work in therapy. Is it? Okay. <laughs> so, summary. Summary. What have we covered? We have covered a little bit about how to have a lucid dream. We have covered the impact of cheese on dreaming. We've looked at how your environment when you dream, the, the smells and particularly the sounds impact on your dreams. We've looked at how to get rid of or at least minimise uh, nightmares. And we've also looked at that notion if you try and repress thoughts in the daytime, they crop up even more during your dreams. All sorts of things to try and really improve your dreams. If you don't dream at all, and I feel like I haven't had one that I remember in months and months and months, anything that you'd recommend for that? I think it's about setting intention. Uh, you can put a, a sort of book and pencil and paper by the side of your bed and use that. I mean, everyone dreams. Everyone has about five dreams a night. So this idea that you don't dream is a myth. What you, what you mean is that you don't remember them. And that probably means you're perhaps in a heavier sleep than the normal. So it may be that you want to try and improve the quality of your sleep if you're somebody who normally remembers your dreams and suddenly you're not. But in terms of dream control, I think keeping a dream journal, which is writing down your dreams when you immediately wake up, means you become more of aware of dream state and means that it becomes more malleable. Anything else other than cheese that, that you'd recommend that's associated with dreaming? Branston pickle. Branston pickle. Cheese and pickle. Mm-hmm. Perfect. From Podomo and Telltale, this has been Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind. Hosted by Professor Richard Wiseman and Marnie Chesterton. Our producer is Kate White. The executive producers for Podomo are Jake Chudno and Matt White. And for Telltale are Rami Sabar and Jago Lee. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at WisemanPod. Where we'll be regularly asking you for questions for future episodes. You can also email us at WisemanPod at Podomo.com. And if you like this podcast, tell your friends, leave us a review. If you don't like it, tell your friends you did. Why should you be the only ones to suffer? Although it does help others find us. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.